And it's time for another show with our friends from Trinity Chapel Church. It's called This Is My Story with our friend, Reverend Charlene Lover. Good morning. Good morning. And you often ask me the question, what are we up to? Yeah, what what's the story today? We're up for an oil change. <laughs> are you my mechanic now? We're up for an oil change. <laughs> let's let's run with this. Okay, let's do this. Good Friday morning, city of Du Bois and surrounding communities. I am Charlene Lover, pastor of Trinity Chapel, Du Bois, inviting you to journey along with me with a messy John. Pass me the oil, please. My only request is that you would agree to allow your hearts to be enlarged, challenged, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let us begin with the parable of the wise and foolish virgins found in the Gospel of Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Today's scripture reading from Matthew is about a wedding. On their wedding day, the bridegroom goes to the house of his bride for the ceremony. Then the bride and groom, along with a great procession, return to the groom's house where the feast took place, often lasting for nearly a week. Jesus uses this setting of a wedding to contrast wisdom and foolishness. The scripture reading encourages us to reflect on what is permanent and sure in our lives and what is passing. What's the focus of our lives? What can be taken away? What have we that will accompany us and sustain us through life's twists and sudden turns? So let us consider the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. The parable is fairly clear about who is who in the story. 
the bride, the body of Christ, the virgins, the wedding party, the groom is Jesus. The wedding feast is the great and joyous occasion in which Christ comes for his church, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19, 9. The delay of the bridegroom corresponds to the delay of the second coming. The bridegroom's arrival in the dark of night is the second coming itself. The closing of the door is the final judgment. Let's start with three very important words to keep in mind as we proceed. Responsibility, privilege, and seriously. Please take a moment to think on these three words as I introduce them in the following sentence. We have all come to know that there are responsibilities at a time of a wedding, and those who have the privilege of being invited must take these responsibilities seriously. Now, let's proceed. The wise virgins are different from the foolish virgins because they have the foresight to take flasks of oil to replenish their lamps. The wise virgins sleep, but first they prepare fully for the bridegroom's arrival. They have lamps and oil. So they are set to greet the bridegroom no matter when he might arrive. Wisdom was the key ingredient to be found ready and fully prepared for the bridegroom's coming, which will signal the beginning of a great and joyous occasion, the wedding ceremony, one they would dare not want to miss. Their priority and focus were fixed on their readiness, and they would not allow room for any distractions that would cost them their seat of honor as one chosen by invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The foolish virgins, despite all the excitement of the wedding, in spite of the invitation which had been given to them to have a special role, Despite all the expectations placed upon them, these virgins sadly fail to live up to their responsibilities. They were expected to live up to that honor bestowed upon them, but they behaved foolishly and let the groom down. The virgins' lamps were supposed to be able to provide the light. In our parable today, only half ensured that they were able to fulfill their responsibilities for this important occasion. The other half, for whatever reason, were ill-prepared. Jesus tells in the story that the virgins are waiting for the groom, but he is delayed. All are prepared for the groom, but only the wise ones had the forethought that a delay could occur for whatever reason reason. We Christians must be prepared throughout our lives. Being properly prepared is an important part of being a Christian. 
Just because the bridegroom was delayed did not mean he was not coming. They were to remain diligent and committed to their responsibilities. Of course, Matthew wrote his gospel a half century after the resurrection. So Matthew recalls these words of Jesus to encourage the church to maintain its vigil, to continually keep an alert status, having your lamps full of oil through the night for the bridegroom's arrival. But what is the oil? Perhaps to ask the question is to push this parable too far, but it is a legitimate question to ask how we should maintain our preparedness. If the thrust of this story is that we must be prepared with oil for Christ's coming, what is the oil? Some have identified it as having a personal relationship with the Lord, others as piety and still others as good works, or a host of other possibilities. Yet, it is not one or the other of these, but rather, it is all of these. Let's begin with our relationship in the Lord. Our personal relationship with the Lord is positioning us to be prepared, having oil means we are in his presence daily, speaking and listening to the good shepherd who calls us to lie down in the green pastures of solitude and peace, drinking from the still waters that brings healing, strength, and hope that will never run dry. And lastly, restoration for our soul when life's sorrows and hardships leave us wounded and broken. In the wider context of the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 through 7, gives us great insight into Christ's expectations. Being prepared, having oil, means obeying Jesus and his teachings and our lives to live accordingly. In the parable of the faithful and unfaithful slave, Matthew 24, 45 through 51, the faithful slave is the one found at work when the master returns. Being prepared, having oil, means working faithfully for the Lord, stewarding servanthood. In the parable of the talents, the faithful slaves use wisely the resources entrusted to their care. Being prepared, having oil, means practicing good stewardship, good ecological agricultural practices, careful management of our time and money, generosity to those in need, proclamation of the word, the possibilities go on and on. In the judgment of the nations, the Son of Man, Jesus, rewards those who feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, take care of the sick, and visit the prisoner, which corresponds nicely with what Jesus identified in this gospel 
as the greatest commandment to love God and neighbor. Matthew 22:37 through 40. Being prepared, having oil means generosity to those in need. It is no good confessing Christ with our lips if we deny him with our works. Perhaps this fits very nicely when we consider that Jesus said, Let your works shine before men. Matthew 5, 16. These are all different, but they all entail seeking to faithfully live out the Christian faith day by day. Pass me the oil, please. The foolish virgins wanted to borrow oil from the wise ones. We might be tempted to call the wise virgins selfish for not sharing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the wise virgins knew that their oil was not transferable. Our oil cannot be passed to another. The oil of our character, the oil of our obedience, the oil of our time, talent, and tithing, the oil of our personal relationship with the Lord is not transferable. Spiritual preparation cannot be borrowed or bought. Our relationship with the Lord must be our own. So, All the foolish could do was to go and obtain their own. Please, when you hear someone say to you, You pray for me. He hears your prayers. Or, You're closer to God than I am. He will listen to you. Do not receive it simply as a request. It is a statement of one's own spiritual condition, one who has no oil. Do not leave them in this condition, for they too will come to the same ending as the five foolish virgins. And while they are off getting more, the groom appears. What is the point Jesus is trying to make? The point of this story is that we must be ready at all times for the Lord's coming because his arrival will come at an unexpected hour, Matthew 24, 36. The wise ones are those who are prepared for the delay, who hold on to their faith deep into the night who, even though they see no bridegroom coming, still serve and hope and pray and wait for the promised victory of God. Readiness in Matthew is, of course, living the life of the kingdom, living the quality of life described in the Sermon on the Mount, Many can do this for a short while, but when the kingdom is delayed, the problems arise. Our task as Christians in the church is to be prepared. We also have another duty. 
we have a responsibility to sound the warning to help people avoid finding themselves unprepared. It is not those who start the Christian life. It is those who finish the Christian life. Those who persevere in the Christian habit until the end. They will not be complacent. They will not rely on others. They will face up to their responsibilities and constantly keep oil in their lamps. We are told in the parable that the door was locked, not just closed, but locked. We can all be preoccupied with the routines of work, school schedules, and activities, rush family meals, television, shopping, visiting elderly parents, friends and family, church services, etc. It can feel so predictable. But are we prepared for the routine to be shattered by the return of the groom? We do not want to be left with the sound of a slamming locked door, which reminds us that it's too late and we haven't tended to our oil supply. This warning comes with good news to all of us today. It's not too late. The parable's locked door hasn't happened yet. Now is the time for us all to get ready and to have our oil overflowing. Now is the time to not look back. Genesis 19, 17 through 26 is the story of Lot and his wife's escape from God's wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Now is not the time to be looking up at the sky. The story in Acts 1.11 of the disciples looking up and the angels helping the disciples to get their eyes on the things at hand. Now is the time to be about our Father's business. Luke 2, 4-9. This story speaks of Mary and Joseph in Jerusalem for the Passover. And Jesus is lost, so they thought they find him in the temple. This can only come by faith and obedience. Obedience is an outward form of preparation. We must have our own oil. The second coming will reveal our true character. In the parable of the ten virgins, they all appeared to be alike until the bridegroom came. The wise will be ready. The foolish will be left behind. Let us close with the lyrics written 
by Casting Crowns. Song title, While You Were Sleeping. O little town of Bethlehem looks like another silent night. Above your deep and dreamless sleep, a giant star lights up the sky. And while you're lying in the dark, there shines an everlasting light. For the king has left his throne and is sleeping in a manger tonight. O Bethlehem, what you have missed while you were sleeping. For God became a man and stepped into your world today. O Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its king while you were sleeping. O little town of Jerusalem, looks like another silent night. The Father gave his only Son the way, the truth, the life had come. But there was not room for him in the world he came to save. Jerusalem, what you have missed while you were sleeping. The Savior of the world is dying on your cross today. Jerusalem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its king while you were sleeping, while you were sleeping. Oh, the nations of the world looks like another silent night. There's a shout heard across the eastern sky for the bridegroom will come again and carry his bride away in the night, in the night. Will your lamps be lit with oil overflowing to greet the bridegroom when he arrives? Or will we be found sleeping? Will we too go down in history as a nation with no room for its king? Will we be sleeping? Will we be sleeping? Just like Matthew, I feel the urgency to encourage you, our listeners and the church, to maintain its vigil, to continually keep an alert status, having your lamps full of oil through the night for the bridegroom's arrival. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Father, we ask that you would grant us such a vigilant mind and heart, not to just be concerned about your time of arrival, but to be excited 
that the Savior of the world is coming back. Lord, we give you thanks and praise in the knowledge of knowing that his return will take us home to our true home. Let our hearts leap with joy daily as we arise in the morning and think on this day could be the very day he is coming. Let us be ready. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.